and welcome to Season 2 of Check Your Beer. My name is Amy Todd, I'm the owner of Zymology Labs, and I help brewers make better beer through analytical testing, consulting, and training. This season, I'm interviewing folks who work in beer quality positions. We'll learn how they got into beer, what their day-to-day looks like, how they grew their quality programs, challenges they faced, advice for brewers looking to start a quality program, the best part of their jobs, and much, much more. I hope this podcast motivates you and gives you ideas about where to start and how you can improve your own quality program. Let's take a listen to our first guest. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Today, I have Merritt Waldron on from Baxter Brewing in Maine. Merritt also wrote a wonderful book, Quality Labs for Small Brewers. Let's start by talking about kind of, I guess, how you got into the, the beer industry, how you ended up at Baxter, and then I guess get into why you wanted to write your book. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. So my journey into the brewing industry started about uh, 18 years ago, actually. Uh, and I homebrewed my first batch, uh, which was an Irish red, if anybody's wondering. And it came out, I thought it was great. Uh, I, you know, in hindsight, it might not have been, but who knows, because it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was, you know, uh, bartending at beer bars and all that uh, while I was finishing up my degree. But then had the opportunity to uh, work at in the tasting room at a brewing company in Portland, Maine, called Rising Tide Brewing Company. Uh, and about six or seven months after working in the tasting room, they had a small quality lab there, uh, ran by a really smart woman named uh, Haley Campbell. And she decided for a career change. And I was finishing up my degree in physics, and I said, "Ooh, beer science! I like that. Let me let me do it." And I didn't really have, you know too much of an idea of what I was doing. So I kind of took over the program there for her and just started expanding on it uh, as I as I learned more. So that was about eight years ago. And then uh, for the past two years, I've been at Baxter Brewing Company, kind of came up here for a bigger challenge. Uh, we brew, so Rising Tide, when I started the lab, well, we took over the lab, it was 1,500 to 2,000 barrels a year. Uh, I grew it up to 5,000 barrels a year. Uh, and then I moved over to Baxter two years ago, and we're about just under 20,000 barrels this year. Uh, we might actually exceed that this year, but um, kind of a bigger program, and I wanted to kind of reimagine what they were what they were doing here, which is nice. Yeah, great. Been a fun challenge. Yeah. So when did you get the idea to write your book? Oh, that came in 2018. I had been – one of my – I proposed a seminar at uh, – CBC. Uh, so it was CBC Nashville that uh, Nathan, the bre- uh, brewer and owner of Rising Tide Brewing Company, and I presented what we were doing in our quality lab at CBC in Nashville. Uh, and then I met a publisher where uh, her name was Stephanie, who worked for Brewers Publications. She came up and thanked me for using some of her previous sources, like Mary Palatieri's book, which is something that I kind of built my quality program around. Um, so I talked to her and I was like, well, how do you find new authors? I just kind of asked the statement and she's like, well, we have a request for a proposal up. So uh, for a small brewery quality lab book. So I put my proposal in. So I wrote a sample chapter and made an outline and it all came together. I just kind of wanted to, um, you know, make it, make quality accessible to, you know, all brewers. Yeah. So it was kind of what inspired me to take a stab at writing a quality book for small brewers. Well, cool. great. And I think you definitely accomplished that. I have read your book and I love it. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it was a, a long process. Um, 
but Brewers Publications was great. Uh, you have a lot of great resources and great access to people. Actually, mm-hmm. Amy, you helped me out with some one part of the building, building your lab part. I want to get other people's perspectives, and I tried to put quite a few in there. But yeah, it was great to work with Brewers Publications, and it took about two years. I think it came out in 2020 in April. Um, so it's been out, been around for a year or so. Yeah. Uh, and it's been great. And I've had a lot of good feedback from it, which is really nice. And hopefully, I mean, I was really inspired by Charlie Pazy uh, and when I first started homebrewing mm-hmm. and I just loved how he made it so conversational and, uh, you know, easy to grasp and understand, even though he was taking on some pretty heavy subjects. So I wanted to kind of come with a similar tone and just make it approachable because, you know, quality doesn't have to, you know, uh, be a big mystery. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, it's very detailed and very easy to read. Thank you. Uh, so you said that you came from, you know, homebrewing, physics degree. Were there any kind of resources that you looked to when you were kind of uh, when you took over the lab at Rising Tide and for, you know, building it out at Baxter as well? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there were tons of books out there um, for beer quality. A lot of them were pretty advanced. Luckily, I have a, a degree in physics and a background, and so I was able to kind of uh, grasp some of those, but mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to make it a little more accessible with, with uh, my publication. Um just in case, you know, a lot of brewers are trying their hardest and they may not have taken a science class in, mm-hmm. you know, 10 or 15 years or more. But as far as other resources, I go for the MBA. MBAA is a big one, Brewers Association, a lot of the kind of the foundational work uh, with GMPs and food safety, uh, which I think is huge for a brewer um, and somewhat overlooked. Uh, I got a lot of that from the Brewers Association, uh, ASBC, of course, as well for all my methods of analysis. Uh, it's you know a great resource. Um, trying to think of any other books specifically besides Mary Palatieri's book, which is another uh, Brewers Publications. Oh, the uh, Ingredients series. Those are mm-hmm. those are mm-hmm. wonderful resources for Brewers Publications. Uh, so yeast uh, by White and Zen Zahif and water like Palmer, uh, malt and, uh, ops, all, all, th- all four of those books are great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a test now. I think, yeah, the quality <laughs> guy does know the ingredients in beer. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to work my way through the, the water one, but it's a, it's a little slow going in that one. A dry subject, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty cheesy, <laughs> but it, it's a great book. Actually, uh, you know, to get a little nerdy, uh, in order to control our mash pHs, I did a lot. Of, I got a lot of our uh, some benchtop experiment ideas from that book. It was pretty pretty great. Oh, great! So, for someone who is just starting out a quality program in their brewery, where would you suggest that they start? Oh boy, there's so many <laughs> places to start. Uh, recording, we definitely start with recording what you're doing, uh, and you know, taking the basic measurements that hopefully most brewers are with, you know gravities and pH and give yourself a baseline of where to go. But, uh, you know, GMPs and food safety is, you know, not something to be overlooked. I can't really stress that enough. And I think if I were to start a brewery, I would make myself familiar with GMPs because it's going to make your life easier down the road, especially when it comes down to, you know, cleaning and choosing, you know, uh, the right facility uh, for you. Yeah, 
those, those are kind of the, the places where I would start, just kind of the basics and then kind of adding on as mm-hmm. you go. What are some of the daily tasks that you do in the lab? I guess daily and um, also weekly. I know some things aren't every day, but... Yeah. So my daily tasks, definitely uh, yeast cell counts for pitching. Uh, that's one of the, the bigger things uh, I'd also like to stress, you know, mm-hmm. getting your pitching yeast down. Uh, I know you did a whole episode on that last season, uh, and it was wonderful. Great place to start. Uh, and uh, that's probably one of the biggest impact measurements that I do in the lab, even to this day. Um, at my last brewery uh, at Rising Tide, the brewers counted. Um, we're set up quite a bit different where I'm doing all the cell counts and uh, one of my uh, my other lab assistants, Paul, or lab guys, Paul, uh, will do them when I'm not here. But yeah, so we have two, two the brewers are trained up in it, trained mm-hmm. up in it, and they could do it in a pinch, but the way our, it's moving a little bit too fast for them to get all the counts done and everything else they have to do. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest ones. Um, and another big one that I do, I try to push a lot of my measurements, especially gravities and pHs, uh, that kind of gets pushed to at the source, what, what I like to call. So the mm-hmm. brewers and the sellermen and packaging are doing stuff like that, as well as DO. Uh, so myself on a day-to-day, I'm doing finished package measurements. Uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, Anton Parr Alex uh, 500. So I'll do all my finished package specs with, with the Anton Parr uh, ABV and get my RDF. And I track that uh, VDK force tests. So I, I do the I don't um, I don't have a spec to do VDK or a GC to do VDK. We're just doing the old sniff test, so we'll heat it up, and then we'll pass it around and see who who thinks there's some VDKs or diacetyl in there. Uh, C measurements. That's another one. Uh, the packaging folks do that a lot, but I oversee a lot of that. Uh, we had a a seam issue a while back, so we're hypersensitive to uh, the quality of our seams. Uh, so uh, for a while, we were doing them every pallet. Uh, we've gotten it under control to a point, so every time we start up, so every time it's a new beer going through the line, we'll we'll check a seam. And then sensory, weekly, uh, you, I run draft labs. I run a panel. Um, so just once a week, I'll, I'll pull a beer either from packaging or from our pub. And just to get an idea, developing true to brand. And so I'll do a lot of description tests and um, true to brand testing. So that's kind of what my week looks like for the most part. And what about quality reporting? Do you have, you know, a way to communicate, you know, when things are going right or when things are going wrong? Yeah, so I'm tracking a few measurements. I use uh, IMR control charts, uh, and if you do pick up my book, I kind of show you how to build one of those in Excel. There's also uh, online, you know, templates for you to to uh, download and use as a control chart. So some of our brew house measurements, we are having some RDF uh, issues, so a little bit of over attenuation, uh, and I kind of nailed it down to. Um, our grist ratio to water. So I was tracking that for a while and control charts and making sure that our brewers dial in their grist ratios uh, with our flow meter, uh, which we're lucky to have. We have a nice flow meter on our brew deck. Uh, but we dialed that in, but also my tracking. So, well, I just said RDF and ABV. So those I, I keep kind of a tight control on because, mm-hmm. I mean, we only have 0.3, which is about what, oh, less than half a degree Play-Doh up or down. Mm-hmm. which is pretty tight. Uh, let's see. And actually, quite honestly, I'm doing a lot of audits. 
So uh, GNP audits yearly, uh, cleaning validations, um, and we're doing a lot with safety. So not only food safety, but personnel safety right now. Um, so we're taking a deep dive into that and making sure everybody goes home with all their fingers and toes and, and all our beer is safe to drink. So yeah. that's a, a kind of where we're starting. So even though I'm two years in, we're still kind of building up the lab program to kind of excel mm -hmm. there. Yeah. You just mentioned cleaning validation. What do you, do you have anything specific that you do for that? Yeah. So we do uh, titrations on cleaning chemicals. Not every, not every time, mm -hmm. uh, but typically we'll titrate either when we get a new batch of um, chemicals, we use that. We have a re refillable container. Uh, so we'll titrate after that, or if a cleaning fails, we'll, we'll titrate the next clean. Uh, well, we'll re-clean, but we'll titrate. So that's just a benchtop titration mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, I think, a Lamont makes the kits. We also have an ATP luminometer. Uh, I think it's around, I think they're around 1200 bucks. that will we'll check some hot spots, mm -hmm. which is usually around a racking arm or some manway shadows or some hot spots where that might not get cleaned so well. And they're pretty easily accessible. We don't have to get into the don't have to get into the tank. Yeah, and it's a visual confirmation as well. That's mm -hmm. the other one. If it's, if you can if you can see the corrosion ring, so it's yeah, not right. clean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems, but it's one of those things. That I probably should mention training too. We put in a really robust training program, um, and sometimes if you don't say it, they you know it just kind of like all right, I did this, I did the steps in the SOP, but mm -hmm. you know I didn't check. Yeah. Uh, and then we're track we're tracking every clean as well. So we just have a, a we use Microsoft Forms, so it just kind of gets sent to a database what the results are of the cleaning, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's successful or not, and then trying to see if, if if it's not successful, did we have a flow issue? Kind of do some root cause analysis there, try to make it so that the seller folks and the brewers aren't in packaging aren't wasting their time having to re-clean a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that validation is uh, key and one of those things that is often overlooked. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, but once everybody gets on board, it becomes routine. Right. And if you put in the SOP, it helps and explain why you're doing it. I think that's a big piece um, that gets missed a lot. You know, not so much the how, but also why. You mm -hmm. know, maybe in the purpose of the SOP, explain why that you want to why you're trying to do this. This isn't just a, we're not doing it for fun because nobody likes cleaning, but it's the best. I mean, it's the way we make great beer. So. Right. Yeah. What's one of your biggest challenges that you've faced either in the brewery or in quality control? Oh boy. That's a good one. Uh, right now, one of my biggest challenges is time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, I know the folks on the podcast can't see it, but Amy can probably see over my shoulder a backlog of samples mm. that I have to, yeah, I have to get to. But uh, that's only because this week was a little bit rough on troubleshooting on the canning line. But um, oh, so biggest challenges besides time, when to make the call? Mm. <laughs> is, yeah. is this not? Is this not? Mm -hmm. You know, true to brand or it, what? What happened? Like can we salvage this batch? Mm -hmm. So that's always, always a challenge. But um, when you have, you know, a true to brand or you have standards put in place, you can kind of use that to convince yourself or convince the hires up that, you know, like this didn't work for whatever reason. Uh, I'm going to try to figure out why it didn't work because I don't want to have to do it again. But, you know, making the call to dump a batch uh, is, is tough. 
it's tough. That's probably one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and knowing when and, and making the call and trying to figure out why. Is there anything that you wish you had done differently when re-envisioning the lab there or maybe even a rising tide, maybe something else you wish you had started with? Yeah, um, so um, I think just kind of thinking back to uh, when I first started the lab, just kind of understanding the measurement a little bit better. And that's I, I made that not just like I, I just mentioned it with the SOP is not just how but why mm -hmm. uh, and maybe spending a little bit more pay a little bit more attention to that right up right up front that's a big goal in my book to have folks understand why they're taking the measurements and kind of the principles in which they're taking the measurements so then, then they can use that information um, to the best of their ability uh, so taking the time to do that narrow my focus my focus was pretty wide it still kind of is I should probably heed my own advice, but um, but narrow your focus and then add on. So that's something that I would, I mean, starting with your brew house measurements and then, you know, taking those all the way, those even just taking those same gravity measurements all the way through packaging. And then you can start adding on, you know, when you get a, you know, canning line, maybe budget for a DO meter or a CO2, um, you know, like a ZOM or something a little bit more fancy. Mm -hmm. Um I'm kind of bud budgeting that in when you get something new. Because if you get something new, you want to be, be able to measure if it's working or not. Uh, I think I would. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think narrowing my focus. Um, That's a good one. But, I get easily distracted as well. I always want to. I know. You go down the yeah. rabbit hole and it gets so <laughs> interesting. And then <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, you have a backlog of samples. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. What, do you have any future plans for the lab? Things that you're looking to implement? Or are you trying to focus uh, first? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> next year uh, I'm hoping to become uh, a, like a GFS, a Global Food Safety Initiative uh, certified program. Oh, sorry, to, to implement a GFS food safety certified program into our brewery just so that we can uh, kind of open up our markets. We had a, a opportunity to send some beer overseas, which kind of fell through because we weren't GFS certified, mm -hmm. even though we do have a GMP program and a food safety program. It just hasn't been uh, audited by one of these companies or not so much audited by one of these companies, but we haven't met those company benchmarks yet. So that's kind of a, a, a I, uh, our president here, she was a quality manager at uh, Pepsi for a while. So that's kind of something we've been excited about for the past year, but we just had to kind of make sure that we can keep things going throughout the pandemic before mm -hmm. we started getting into one of those programs. Other than that, I'm hoping to hire on another lab assistant. Um, I'm actually the only one in the lab right now. Uh, so hoping to get a lab assistant and expand our micro program. It's pretty bare bones right now. I'd like to learn a little bit more. Um, yeah. And just have that other, you know, layer of comfort of knowing, you know, what's in my beer. Yeah. Um, besides, I mean, we're doing HLP and um, LMDA, but that's about it. That's yeah. all I have time for. It's a good start. <laughs> One man show, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always recommend people start with HLP. Yeah. It's it's so easy to use, so easy to work with. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're careful with the cyclaxomide that's in there, uh, have, you know, 
well-ventilated space. I think it's great. You don't even need it at really an incubator. You can just put it behind your, your boiler someplace warm once you get it, yeah. once you get it inoculated. What is something that you wish other brewers knew about quality control? I think kind of going back to some of the points in my book, QC is accessible. You can do it. Um, and it's not only accessible, it's necessary now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think the BA just put out a article about, a you know, standing out in a crowded market marketplace. And, you know, I think we talk about, you know, one bad beer could turn someone off from your brand for a very long time. There's so many choices out there. If they have one that's not, you know, subpar or not what they used to see from your, your brewery, uh, they might not come back for quite a while. So I just, I want to make sure that it's accessible to people. And it's a continuous improvement process. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, getting a little bit better every day. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be perfect right off the bat. I mean, I'm but nowhere near perfect, but um, I have a lot of fun trying to trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I always try to remind people when, uh, you know, every beer that goes out, it might be someone's first experience with your brand, you know, even if that's a six-month-old beer that's been, you know, sitting on a gas station warm for... Yeah, sitting in the window (laughs) at a gas station, you know, no air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to assume the worst uh, once once it leaves your hands. Mm -hmm. You you don't want to hope that, you know, your... doesn't always find its way into a cooler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess this is a nice way to say that. Right, yeah. And hopefully it's not someone's trunk for a week or two or, you know, the back window of their car seat. Right. And, you know, some uh, fermentable sugars left over in there or something. Uh, Yeah. Heard those stories. (laughs) We don't need to get into those. (laughs) No, no. That's to be scary. That's, yeah. Those are breweries without quality control labs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you have to to check that final gravity. Mm -hmm. Make sure we get there. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for, I mean, I guess that kind of covers some advice for, for brewers starting. I don't know anything else. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I've found uh, to be successful, um, I guess it's kind of twofold, um, but dedicate the time and personnel. Um, I know it's, it sounds like a lot to the budget to hire someone on just for quality, but I think to get, you need someone to focus their attention on it because you can get pulled in so many different directions. And I, uh, the other thing is training. Uh, even if it's not um, on like a lab process, but I've had a lot of success here with our, you know, implementing our SOPs and our training program on the packaging line. We've seen, you know, things improve like crazy up in the packaging line mm-hmm. uh, uh, over the past, you know, two years here. Um, but yeah, dedicate the personnel and train them. <laughs> training training is huge yeah good advice yeah what it's, is yeah you know and, and training takes as long as it takes you know some mm-hmm. people pick it up slower they're not as intuitive or they don't maybe don't have the brewing background um our training program even you know in the packaging hall is about four weeks before they're even exposed to everything that they're that they're expected to do so that's just getting the exposure and the sops down um, that's the minimum for us. Um, but we have kind of a, a check checklist of things like kind of week one, uh, you should be here week two. Mm-hmm. You should see this week three. You should be able to master week one, 
you know, at least the startup of the line and stuff like that. Yeah. So we have that checklist four weeks out and then uh, we do 90 day reviews here. So, and then we kind of see where they're comfortable at 90 days. Yeah. What is your favorite part about working in the lab? Oh, it's a troubleshooting for sure. Mm. Um, I love, I mean, uh, just trying to make things a little bit better. Like how can, how can we do this just a little bit better? How can we make it taste? How do we make these hops pop just a little bit more? Or how do I make this, you know, how do I increase the mouthfeel of this beer, you know, kind of going down and uh, using some troubleshooting tools, like a fishbone diagram, you know, like, all right, what affects, you know, mouthfeel. And we look at residual sugars and all that uh, going down the whole road. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes if, if well, hopefully we, you can get to a point where you're not firefighting and you're just trying to plan. But, you know, sometimes the firefighting is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trying to figure out the root cause of a problem is really kind of what gets me going. Yeah, totally. All right. I think that's uh, most of my questions. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I think we had all your questions, which was great. I think uh, maybe reiterating that you know cell counting mm-hmm. uh, and pitching and determining your pitch rate and actually having fun with that and seeing you know if I pull the pitch rate back a little bit, how does that mm-hmm. affect the flavor? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's probably one of the biggest things I did to improve the quality of the beer here: uh, pitching practices and harvesting practices, um, which I, we harvest and pitch by weight. Um, they were going by volume before and getting some inconsistent results, but um, but that's why they have a lab person now. So yeah. <laughs> you can you can definitely pitch by volume, but um, yeah, just the way our brewery set up, it didn't really work out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I guess just treating people good, you know, uh, train them up, you know. People make the beer. Well, people in yeast make the beer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just one person. Right. Uh, it's a real, it's really a whole team and everybody's kind of got to be working in, in, you know, a synchronicity to kind of get a great beer out there. Yeah. And where can people find more about Baxter Brewing? I'm assuming you oh, get the yeah, social uh, media stuff and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Baxterbrewing.com. And we have, uh, and I think we're Baxter Brewing on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can actually, you can find my book at Brewers Publications or uh, Amazon is Quality Labs for Small Brewers. Uh, my name is Mary Waldron again. You can Google that as well. It should come up. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks so much, Merritt. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you're looking for more quality tips, check out season one of Check Your Beer, where I'm joined by Julie Smith of Lawson's Finest Liquids. Also check out zymologylabs.com for more resources and blog posts.